May 22nd, 2021. So what for B-Row Show?
Scott from Pedro Show. Happy Saturday. Start out John Coltrane, theme for Ernie. Then Lanterna, Backyards. Uh, Brother Matt, still the Love Grotto on the Pleasure Point a couple of miles south. Quit quarantine on mode, but I'm not totally man alone because those software engineers in Estonia with their scab invention. I got Brother Henry Frayne with me from Champaign, Illinois. Welcome aboard, Henry. Thank you. Home of Mabel's. Yes. <laughs> I remember the Minutemen once playing there. And you're right about that load up <laughs> in the back with the wood stair. But the Ario, uh, there's a band from that town, right? Star Castle and uh, maybe uh, Adrian Ballou, too. But, it, but anyway, uh, it was snowing out. And this guy had a headband on with sweating. I think he was the roadie that didn't lift anything for for that man. We we later on, T Boone had the trippiest scene seeing him sing talking to the singer. The singer came and saw us play in the valley here. Can't remember his name. Sorry, but let's talk about you, Henry, and your your journey through music. Please bring your earliest musical recollection. Uh, I've been thinking about it a lot uh, recently. Uh, things like uh, maybe uh, my dad picking up a uh, copy of uh, Yellow Submarine at Salvation Army. Um, he was a big, he is a big classical music fan, uh, so he's always uh, buying records and was buying records back in the '70s. But he always used to pick up things because I think we uh, we did actually go to see the movie in the theaters. But uh, having that. Uh, half a side of Beatles, uh, some of the sort of oddest and best Beatles tracks was sort of one of my earliest uh, memories of sort of pop music, since there wasn't a lot in the house, um, although it did have an AM radio. So me and my brother were definitely tuning into, you know, pop radio and uh, local college radio here in Champaign. Right. University of Illinois uh, doctor school, right? Um, it's, uh, I mean, it's kind of an all, you know, it's a, one of the state universities, so it's right. everything engineering, but also, you know, liberal arts and it's a, it's a sprawling you know, everybody seems to work there. They, uh, yeah, that's guy's sister town, Urbana. And, uh, yeah, the kind of the trippiest colors, I think blue and orange. <laughs> and, and the funny yeah. thing, it ain't funny, it's tragic, but they named the basketball team after the Alliance. There's no Alliance left. It means up the river. I, I learned that from uh, people in Arkansas because the Illinois River, the, the, Arkansas means down the river. And there uh -huh. was a place where these guys actually later on it turned into a mafia thing with bathhouses. They call bathhouse roads. No fighting, right? In this area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's what I learned. Uh, you, you realize the movie Yellow Submarine, that ain't their voices. I yeah I I realize that I I always think about the chaps who who did voice the, the Beatles and you know sort of that kind of yeah that was that was me it is the Beatles at the at the very end that Blue Meanies have been sighted within the within you know near this theater um, well of course you see them on video or film as well at the very end of the film but yeah I. I know that's them singing, though. I, I think. Well, yeah, song. yeah, yeah. That's their music Except and Paul, stuff. Of 
They're, they're, yeah, of course, of course, because she was the walrus. <laughs> <laughs> now, so you're saying there's no instruments in the, the pad you grew up, Henry? Um, uh, let's see, uh, uh, violin lessons, uh, and then piano, a big uh, Kimball baby grand piano was in the house, um, and just violin and piano didn't stick. Um, my grandfather played the zither, but he was out in New Jersey. Uh, so uh, although I have two zithers now, I have not yet to learn how to play them. But back in the 70s, uh, no, nothing. It uh, it was really uh, the late 70s. Uh, a friend of mine uh, had his father had a beautiful Yamaha uh, acoustic that he sort of worked on guitars and amps and uh, pipe organs. And uh, he had taken off the Yamaha from the, he'd sanded it off and then refinished it. So sort of this blank guitar uh, for some reason. But um, I remember, you know, that guitar, having it around my friend's house was just like, wow, that's really, that's something I'd really like to try out. And it was 1978 and I was buying a lot of music. So, you know, it was just sort of inevitable that eventually I would try to get guitar lessons or, you know, get a guitar. But you got to play that guitar. Yeah, just, you know, but I didn't, it was one of those things, you know, I was like, well, I really don't know how to play. It was just sort of, so I wasn't going to be one of those self-taught uh, musicians. I, I really, uh, in the fall of 78, it was uh, calling the uh, First National Guitar Store just like and signing up for lessons. So it was kind of, I had a feeling like, oh, I got to do it that way. And what was the first stuff you learned, Henry? Um. I was probably, you know, my, my, my guitar teacher was really into jazz and he was a real, uh, and so, you know, I know he was, he was a voice major at the U of I, but also playing, you know, jazz guitar. And, uh, it was kind of a, an odd fit. Cause of course I wanted to know how to play, you know, more than a feeling or, you know, roundabout or so, you know, we, we bumped along for about a year and a half or two. And, but, uh, his, his influence is really, you know, really important. And I'm actually kind of ran into him a couple of years ago. He lives out of state now, but it was really good to, you know, to know he's still playing and, you know, sort of uh, definitely had a, a good influence on me, I think. So when I asked you what you first learned, because me and Dee Boom, when we were first learning, we try to copy songs off records. So that's what I'm asking you. Yeah. So uh, I definitely, um, you know, uh, had someone showing me how to, you know, play my guitar teacher. But yeah, there was that that first uh, trying to learn stuff off records. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's, there's so much and it was so hard at that point. Yeah. I, I remember, <laughs> Absolutely. I remember, Get this, Henry. I tried to learn bass off of eight track where you couldn't fucking pick up the needle. <laughs> <laughs> it'll come around again. Don't yeah, worry. it'll come around. <laughs> Um, I remember having a um, one of my brother's uh, college friends, you know, as I was excited about learning how to play guitar. I mean, he was just like, don't try to learn how to play a yes song. I mean, it's all, you know, certainly there is a guitar part in there, but it's, you know, it's all part of something else. So I think uh, he uh, he was one of the ones who maybe you know showed me how to play uh, uh, Babe, I'm Going to Leave You um, by Led Zeppelin or sort of that beginnings of that. So uh, it's hard to remember the actual first songs but once i started to figure out stuff off of records it uh 
definitely did a lot of it. One thing, I mean, you know, as you're talking about it, there are some songs that still are complete mysteries to me on how uh, they're played, except for with uh, YouTube now, of course, you can go somewhere. and and But, I mean, uh, one of them was Monkey Man by the Stones. Good song. I mean, how is that actually? It's it's just, there's certain songs that even today... <laughs> it's got a good rhythm, huh? And, and it's just sort of, it's such a... Uh, distinctive that it's like is that really keith or did he really how did he come up with that I know, I mean, it sounds like he's playing the, piano on the guitar yeah it's like a piano part it's, yeah. it's great it's great i don't know if he was doing the five string thing that he learned from my cooter yet but incredible guitar so yeah. uh, what a cat to be inspired but one of the question uh, reasons i'm asking that question because you obviously went on to be a composer and write your own music so i'm wondering where that started uh, you know, every in high school, uh, most people have that one song they wrote, you know, or the, their first song <laughs> yeah, that they took, carry around to other. And I, I'm sure, you know, a lot of people are that way. I uh, was in a band with a, uh, a high school friend, Eric Stenzel, a drummer, and uh, our band was uh, Tommy Shocker and the Deviates. We only played one show, New Year's Eve, 1980. But um, how was uh, that gig? Was it a success? Uh, it was a pretty good show. We were followed by Edna Skoog, and they kind of brought the house down. And I think <laughs> okay. they, they were friends of the of the people having the the, the party. So uh, Tommy Shocker went went over okay, I would say. Was Tommy Shocker that gig your first one? Um, yeah, that was pretty much the first sort of you know, hey, we're loading up and we're we're going and uh, setting up and our uh, bass player, nothing against bass players, but our bass player just didn't show up. So uh, well, the bass I'm player, against that. I'm against that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mark Fredericks from Edna Skoog had to sit in, and of course he knew the songs that we were. Um, we didn't do the original song uh, that I had that I was carting around at the time, but. Uh, 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 that that was the first band. The second band was a few months later. I answered an ad in the in the paper or something for, and that band was Lodestone Destiny, which went on to be a very heavy local band. And I was only in it for the very beginning, uh, when we were still playing Queen covers and and things like that. But uh, <laughs> we did do my song in that band, Lodestone Destiny. Uh, Ain't got no fiery was the song, kind of a instrumental riff song. I want to play Monticello. Uh, well, how do you pronounce it? Monticello? Uh, Monticello. Uh, Monticello, okay. Yeah, because the one up in New York where I play with the Stooges, they say Monticello. But yeah. uh, the one on the back of the nickel where Tommy Jefferson's domed house, that's what he called it, right?
lousy guard in a hospital. No lousy guard in a war. No one's laughing at God when they're starving, freezing, or so very poor. No one laughs at God when the doctor calls after some routine tests. No one's laughing at God when it's gotten real late and the kid's not back from that party yet. No one laughs at God when their airplane starts to uncontrollably shake. No one's laughing at God when they see the one they love hand in hand with someone else in the hope that they're mistaken. No one laughs at God when the cops knock on their door and they say we've got some bad news, sir. No one's laughing at God when there's a famine, fire, and flood. But God can be funny at a cocktail party when listening to a good God-themed joke, or when the crazy said he hates us and they get so red in the head you think they're about to choke. God can be funny when told he'll give you money if you just pray the right way. When presented like a genie, we're just magic like Houdini. Grants wishes like Jiminy Cricket and Santa Claus. God can be so hilarious, ha ha. God in a hospital. No one laughs at God in a war. No one's laughing at God when they lost all they've got and they don't know what for. No one laughs at God on the day they realize that the last sight they'll ever see is a pair of hateful eyes. No one's laughing at God when they're saying their goodbyes. But God can be fun at a cocktail party when listening to a good God-themed joke, or when the crazy said he hates us and they get so red in the head you think they're about to choke. And God can be fun when told he'll give you money if you just pray the right way. When presented like a genie who does magic like Houdini. Grants wishes like Jiminy Cricket and Santa Claus. God can be so hilarious. No one laughs at God in a hospital. No one laughs at God in a war. No one laughs at God in a hospital. No one laughs at God in a war. No one's laughing at God in a hospital. No one's laughing at God in a war. Laughing at God when they're starving, freezing, so very poor. No one's laughing at God. No one's laughing at God. No one's laughing at God. We're all laughing with God.
expecting to live through the fallout or came that's left behind. Saw my fate in the reflection of a river and dry. Can I fast through this famine? It's hard to eat when you die.
off for Pedro Show that chunky music. Started off with Lanterna, Monticello Farm. Then uh, brand new from Kishibashi, Laughing With. Uh, also brand new from Sarah Oswald and Feldermelder, Volcanic Meditation Walks. From Iowa City, SLWCCY. This is a collab I got going with Sam Lock Ward. Fleeting Other Times is the name of the tune. This is Trading Files. I've never actually met Sam. The myriad ones after that from Dubuque, Iowa. Let's take care of each other. Not too far. Right? The Quad Cities, you guys share. Uh, I know it's the west part of the state. but Obama's printing after that. D.C. area Gleep. Albert DeMuth from uh, San Diego here. Halo, and then uh, Audit after that. Sorry, excuse me. Maribal, and that's guy's brother. High Quit Crack by Witty. And then finally Laterna with Redwoods. Or I think their native name is Sequoia. You know them Sequoias are the oldest living thing on the planet. They're like 1,000 years old. Yeah, that's pretty pretty incredible. We call them Redwood because... Ah, termites. Let's build houses on this because the termites won't eat. <laughs> We're killing like the oldest things. <laughs> anyway, no, no, we don't need any commentary there. Okay, so Lodestone. What were they? Uh, Lodestone. Uh, Lodestone Destiny. Destiny. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Sure I'm sure they're no. no <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm but, sure but no, but I mean, I, they, your your tenure. I mean, they were liberal. I mean, open minded enough to, to do your tune and stuff to squeeze it in there with the Queen covers. I remember me and D Boone trying to learn tie your mother down. It had some Chuck Berry to it. You know, a yeah, lot, a lot of a lot of rock and roll in those days. Even Sex Pistols. God, you listen to that. Bullocks record. So, uh, how long's your tenure there, Henry? Uh, just a just a couple of, of months, sort of rehearsed with them, and you know, as I say, they were just starting. I I did meet a uh, uh, the bass player who was also kind of joining at the same time. Uh, Kevin Merrifield uh, went on to uh, played with him a lot, and he he is now a web designer and such. So I'm still working with him in Lanterna. But uh, the two of us, Kevin and myself, were in Lodestone Destiny for only a, a short period of time until the band sort of got heavy and started playing out. And um, I've been meaning to ask you know, the guys, if they ever did any studio stuff or, you know, recorded, because they were, they were definitely one of the, the Mabel's bands when there was a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of metal nights and things like that. So, <laughs> but I was only with them for a short time. And then you what know, was kinda, next for you? Um, uh, after that, I was still in high school and I, I did get together with uh, uh, two other guys. And, you know, my senior year, we, for some reason, we picked up that, um, that uh, double yard birds, that green cover greatest hits record and some other, uh, I think uh, a garage band compilation record. It just sort of totally got immersed into, you know, garage rock. Uh, and, you know, even though it was 1981, 82, we were just sort of, you know, even though we were listening to what was on going on around us, we were really, you know, playing Kinks covers and the who and, some writing our own stuff. I, I remember those days. I mean, there was a big revival with the Pebbles and Nuggets thing. Yes. And um, I was going to say, I mean, maybe jumping to just a, a, not my 
my first show, but um, there's a band from Champaign called the Vertebrats, and um, their uh, their guitarist went to the same high school. Um, uh, most of the guys in the band were older, out of college, but uh, there was uh, one sophomore from my high school who sort of joined this band, and they uh, they were on that um, uh, Battle of the Garages, uh, the uh, Bomp Records, I think. Great um, job, Bomp Records. Uh, yeah and also put out uh, some stooges stuff yeah they, i mean I've, I've seen they've they've had a lot of compilations uh, or cd they finally you know started putting out some right. compilations and such some of those pebbles and nuggets they're mastered right off the 45s there's no tapes yeah yeah <laughs> if you're lucky you know there's i mean i try to is... tell people about this the punk movement was actually for our age, because that shit was actually going on in the 60s, because, you know, I did 125 months with Stooges, so these guys told me, there was little labels, there was garage bands, it just got forgotten with arena rock. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it, it goes back, it's, uh, it is so interesting to think back to that time that we lived through, and then uh, when it first started to be uh, kind of uh, cat categorized and like oh well you know this is when punk happened and this is when <laughs> a new you know new wave then started it's ridiculous uh, uh so do you make another band or do you join another band oh what's that when after the lodestone destiny um i guess this uh this next band was the syndicate and that was uh in high school and sort of the first year out of high school and it was my first real you know band we we rehearsed for about nine months it seems and finally got a show at the uh channing murray foundation over in urbana a place where you know with a history of uh you know folk i think uh, who comes from here uh dan fogelberg maybe was a u of i student and played in the basement and so the uh, channing murray this coffee shop was a uh, kind of a, a place for young bands to play that couldn't play at mabel's yet um and so uh, the syndicate was about two years of my uh, early college and uh, we we did write some originals it was my first sort of you know trying to bang together songs uh, not lyrics obviously uh, but um, that was a, my first real band experience rehearsing uh, you know not studying uh, not doing you know schoolwork and stuff like that and then putting kind of everything into the band and it was a trio um it was a we uh it was a trio but we we had a drummer it was bass uh and guitar two guitars and drums and we just it seems like we just uh, we there's probably eight or nine or ten drummers who played with us over wow. time and uh that's probably one of the reasons why we <laughs> never quite got a gelled or or got anywhere did they keep exploding was it a spinal tapping <laughs> <laughs> it just you know uh they just you know went on to other things no and, it's uh, hard to find a good drummer man uh, you got to be committed right you got all that gear and i mean love drums. yeah no love it, drummers. Drums are, are incredible just right. the just to, to keep to keep that beat for an entire Absolutely. song kind of makes me... and it's you know georgie for many men he told me balancing on your tailbone while every fucking limb is moving that's what he told me yeah it's it's a i mean i'm, I'm amazed that uh people can do it and keep doing it as they get older and older because it is right. such a, a physical uh, thing yeah. some might Right, and, uh, I, and I saw, you know, Elvin Jones in his 70s and stuff with a tank, uh, you know, for oxygen. Look, we're at the end of the first hour. 
May 22nd, 2021 edition Watch Pedro Show. Special guest, Henry Frayne. Hold tight for hour two. May 22, 2021. It's the second hour of the Watch Pedro Show.
Scott from Pedro Show. Second hour, start off with Lanterna, 1995. Public record after that with Occupy This Hidden Track. Arubu Abua with Sonhai Que Escavava. That's a Portuguese name. Amo Uma Bala. A Clear Path from Heinbach. Lucas Abella. New Robe. Mickey Sanker. Move It. And finally, B minor from Lanterna. So, how long is the syndicate search for a drummer man? Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't a search. I mean, we we found and then we lost and we found again. Yeah, and lost yeah. Again. Okay, okay. So, um, uh, it uh, uh, it uh, really kind of uh, took us some time, and we pretty much you know played with a lot of drummers in in the Champagne area, and eventually, kind of uh, things uh, ran. Uh, of course, I don't know, you know, there was a time when you, uh, early for me playing in bands, you sort of wonder, boy, you know, is that it? You know, is there another opportunity, you know, or is this, how am I going to meet another bunch of fellas to uh, play with? And so uh, I'm sure uh, it happens a lot and you wonder, just not going to play any more music. And then you were just talking about quitting school and everything to do music too. Or, or uh, sort of not attending to uh, school as much. So I, during this period, I did, I was uh, at uh, the community college here, Parkland, and I was at U of I. So it took me a number of years to get through college. And so I did sort of stick with it, but I was playing in, um, playing in a couple bands. Um, after the syndicate was kind of a, a year of kind of floating around and just playing with, uh, jamming with folks. But um so the most important early experience was uh, answering an ad for uh, a local band called Akak was looking for a guitarist. Their original guitarist had left. And uh, in the fall of 84, I answered the ad. I uh, tried out uh, with them twice and uh, I got uh, accepted. And we uh, it was a sort of uh, the beginning of uh, uh, Akak was a band. They were into group composition. So they would rehearse, you know, every night of the week almost and, you know, write songs in the band. No one would be bringing in songs necessarily. It was all sort of hammering stuff out for so for about two years. I really, it was my first experience really, you know, writing with a band. And it was a, a very kind of thrilling experience, uh, intense, but thrilling. Now, did Akak record? Um, yes, we uh, we did uh, a seven inch, and we did a three song EP, and we did some uh, various recordings. And um, you know, when folks ask me about the uh, uh, the years between uh, Lanterna's Desert Ocean two thousand six and Backyards two thousand fifteen, um, I was doing a lot of archival work um, on some of uh, Akak and uh, some of the other bands I played in, and um, there is a, a, you know, a collection of songs for Akak, uh, hopefully around the corner, we're going to try and uh, put out. Yeah, you should have gave me one so I could have played it for you. Uh, yeah, but sorry. It's, uh, no, it's okay. It's all that Lanterna. And yeah. you know what? We're going to get to that story. Is Lanterna much down the road from Akak? Um, yeah, so I should probably jump a couple bands. and. No, and... no, no. It's okay. You can... Put it in there. I'm just wondering because all the material you gave me was Lanterna. In fact, I I love this title, Chagrin Boulevard. <laughs> is, is, is there an actual road called that? 
you know, when I, um, um, I go to Maine, uh, summers and sometime in the winters, uh, just driving through, I'm not sure if it's, uh, Pennsylvania, New York, there is a, an exit for Chagrin Boulevard. <laughs> and, um, but you know, you know, the band, uh, Renaissance, uh, Keith Ralph sure, and his, sure. his sister. And, uh, you know, you, of course you search for song titles now when you write something. I mean, it doesn't matter if someone else has one, but that's right. Um, Cause you can't copyright a song title. Yeah, so it's it's okay, but I I did um, it was kind of I noticed that uh, Renaissance as they moved from folk Prague in the '80s, they kind of put out their somewhat pop album, and they have a song called Chagrin Boulevard too, which, uh, which is okay. I don't know what their song is about. Of course, mine doesn't have lyrics, so it's um, it was just sort of seemed right for that kind of. Oh man, I, I've. I've... Tom Herman, after Perubu made a band, Tripod Jimmy, and he had a song called Autumn Leaves, but it ain't the Autumn Leaves that me and you know. <laughs> right? The big sentimental yeah. kind of set. Yeah, this was like, you gotta do what you gotta do, <laughs> you know, over and over. Some uh, almost military. <laughs> Here, I want to place you again uh, a boulevard.
it's the the title is the thing and i um i've personally i've i've worked with some you know people who can write lyrics uh and have been very grateful that you know people know how to string words together but so uh for lanterna it's always been about you know uh it's just that uh, starting point you know what is the song title a way for people to uh you know to start with you know when they hear the music uh, can i song, ask you I, about I, the song. composition do you start with the title uh no uh, no because i do and nobody i i ask this question all the time and nobody starts with the fucking title but what wow <laughs> So I thought I had a kindred spirit there for a, while, for a moment. No, I've I've never. Um, it, there's always a there's always a, a demo, you know, just a demo title, which uh, in different bands, I mean, once in a while, the demo title lives through, even when uh, someone writes lyrics to it. You know, the demo title stays. But I don't know that I've ever uh, set out. Uh, you just played 1995, and yeah. I on the first Lanterna there was a song called 1985. Uh, sort of the year after 1984. Um, and uh, on Sands, I did an acoustic song called uh, 1975. And so uh, years later, I was thinking, well, might as well, you know, uh, uh, 1995 was kind of written uh, in the mid 90s. So I thought I'd, so I do have an opening for maybe someday, maybe in 1965, maybe in <laughs> 2005, but it might be too obvious. I think. <laughs> Look, let, let's get to Lanterna. Now you say there's a couple bands between ACAC and Lanterna. Do they have big consequences? Um, yeah, definitely. Cause I, um, in ACAC, I did, um, you know, the, the members of the band, uh, Lynn Canfield was the keyboardist and, uh, Brendan Gamble, uh, joined as the drummer, uh, for ACAC. And, uh, you know, I would, um, in the next 15 years, um, I, after ACAC, I moved on to a band called Area with a, a local record company keyboard uh, guy named Steve Jones um, and Lynn Canfield uh, now singing. And we were um, a band called Area. And that was about five years, uh, put out a few records. Um, and uh, through after Area uh, formed uh, The Moon Seven Times with Lynn Canfield and Brendan Gamble, a drummer from ACAC. And uh, uh, bass player Don Gerard, and so uh, those uh, uh, Akak area and Moon Seven Times were very important. And uh, strangely, uh, Moon Seven Times was for most of the '90s. And as Moon Seven Times was starting, I also curiously started this sort of side project just to uh, kind of write some longer songs. Even though the Moon Seven Times were pretty, you know, five-minute songs, six-minute songs. Uh, maybe Lanterna was for even longer songs. Uh, Brendan Gamble and I got together uh, to record the first side project, which became Lanterna. Um, and so uh, Lanterna was kind of running concurrent with uh, the Moon Seven Times through the 90s, although I I kept releasing that first. I did a 90-minute cassette, and then uh, uh, it was uh, released in Greece as a, a vinyl record, and then Parasol here in, in Urbana picked it up for a CD and then Rykodisc reissued it in 1998. So I did one recording as Lanterna and then just kept releasing it for most of the 90s until uh, the Moon Seven Times uh, stopped recording and um, I decided I, I better do a second Lanterna. And that uh, the song B minor that you played, uh, that was from the uh, second Lanterna record, Elm Street. So I finally kind of, at the end of the 90s, got on with uh, 
kind of continuing with my quote side project, which I still kind of consider it, even though I'm, it's pretty much my main project. Yeah. Interesting. You never know how things are going to turn out, you know? No, I, as I said, you know, there were a bunch of times in there, you know, after ACAC, I was like, wow, that's, that was intense. I don't know if I'm going to do anything. And, you know, the guy from uh, Office Records, Steve Jones, calls me and says, you know, hey, there's this band, Lynn is singing. You know, you want to join us on guitar? And, you know, boom, we were off for a couple of years. And then wow. the same thing, The Moon Seven Times. We're at the end of the second hour, May 22, 2021. This Watt Peter Show special guest, Henry Frayne. Hold tight for hour three. May 22nd, 2021, it's the third hour of the Watford Pedro Show.
super villain, superhero. Those are just labels, man.
Rob from Pedro Show. We thought start off the third hour. Lanterna doing hidden drives and crane with the people of crime. Cheer accident. Gaga. Blue Seattle. Probably saying that fucking wrong. Sorry. Psychic hotline after that tension. Sean Lennon with Love Life and Cupolo. Lanterna. So the first Lanterna recording, it's with other people or man alone? Uh, first Lanterna recording was. Uh... Uh, instrumentally was with uh, drummer Brendan Gamble playing the drums and I played everything else. Uh, the first Lantern recording um, did uh, uh, did some uh, uh, collaborations. Uh, uh, Brendan Gamble and I wrote uh, maybe six of the songs and uh, Lynn Canfield from Moon Seven Times and Area wrote lyrics for one of the songs which I sang. Um, and after the first Lantern record, I sort of just focused on, uh, you know, writing uh, sort of on my own. And most of the Lantern records are with just uh, me and a drummer. Um, and uh, so for most of the records starting in 2004, it's um, Eric Jabot, uh, Chicagoan. He is um, actually in Blue Man Group. He's one of the Blue Men, but he's also um, sort of a drum kit drummer as well. And uh, I've luckily been able to perform live with him and also have him come down to Champaign for uh, the various uh, records, uh, Desert Ocean Highways and uh, this one, Hidden Drives. And it's just you know, wonderful to get a little bit of his time to have him yeah, beautiful. come down. But Henry, yeah. I'm here in bass. Are you working the bass? Oh yes, I, I am. I, I mean, it's almost, you know, because I can. If the guitar parts are done, you know, the echoey guitar and acoustic. Uh, this, you know, I've never considered myself a bass player, but I do love playing those swooping uh, <laughs> bass parts. And all you know, right, I, <laughs> you just played um, Cupola, and yeah, uh, I'd, I'd meant almost on the. Uh, uh, on the album notes to remember uh, two of my favorite bass players who are unfortunately uh, no longer with us. Uh, one was um, Ed Gagliardi from Foreigner, the first bass player, uh, really. And uh, I saw also, that band that before, when they were a four-man group. They opened up for Emerson Lega Palmer, and they had an intense version of uh, All Too Much. Wow. Uh, George Harrison. Yeah, they were actually a prog band. Journey, Greg Rowley, right? He was singing. The, the the organ man was singing. Who was with uh, Carlos Santana before that? Yes, yes, and then <laughs> no. Or am I thinking Journey? You're, you said Foreigner. Um, got, yeah, uh, Foreigner. But, okay, uh, they got Steve Jones, but another Steve Jones in the Sex Pistols. <laughs> I'm sorry for confusing you, Henry. <laughs> Let's right. talk about this new Lanterna record. How's it different than the other guys? Um, it uh, it kind of. Uh, when I started to put together the songs, it was a uh, it was a big batch of songs that just hadn't been finished through the years. Like uh, Cupola was just sort of wasn't quite it had the sort of the airy guitar parts, um, uh, but I wasn't sure what to do with the middle section. And so uh, just a bunch of the songs were just like I'm going to finish this these these songs finally. And I kind of sat down and really worked at it and finally came up with, um, you know, all the different parts, uh, chagrin Boulevard, uh, as I've said in the, the notes, uh, was, a was just at the end of a song cassette or a song ideas cassette and just sort of half the song. And then the tape ran out. And so for years I'd been listening to that thinking, Oh yeah, I know how the rest of it goes. And of course I, I didn't or really couldn't, but I finally kind of, 
listened to the cassette and imagined uh, finishing the song, and I did. So uh, this new album was definitely kind of songs that reach back to, you know, 1995 and before, possibly. And uh, so it's not new material necessarily. It's uh, old old compositions. But now the recordings were more recent, though, right? Yeah, the the recordings all kind of uh, came together 2016 to 2020 definitely um recording everything in the modern era every uh this is the first record uh i was a big tascam eight track half inch analog oh yeah oh yeah the first lanterna was recorded on on that and it seems like every lanterna record the other six records all had at least one song that was sort of still floating around and i transferred from the eight track but i think this new um Hidden Drives is different that I, I don't think I pulled anything from the old uh, Tascam A-Track. So I guess it's a new era kind of leaving. <laughs> although yeah. I still have it fired up and I'm still trying to transfer some tapes. Um, this Hidden Drives was definitely kind of all digital. And where was it done? At home? You got your own little studio there? But besides the A-Track. Yeah, for um, for about 20 years, uh, I've been working with uh, Mike Brosco. Um, he lives... Uh, he had a studio in Champaign, Southwest Champaign, and then he moved to Muhammad, which is pretty nearby, and set up his studio there. And uh, since he's kind of always on the move, he uh, decided to move back to Champaign now and uh, bring his studio back to Champaign. So for 20 years, I've been kind of moving with him and uh, starting with Highways. Um, I've recorded all the records with him. And uh, Mike Brosco is just, you know, to have him sitting at the mixing desk. And he also does a lot of that. You know, he just takes my notes and kind of affects them and does stuff in the background. So he's really uh, a lot of the stuff you hear, like on Chagrin Boulevard or uh, Redwoods, uh, you know, is stuff that he's just been able to. It's all in his mixing and manipulating. So he's been a really important part. Uh, he, uh, along with uh, uh, Eric Jabot, the drummer, have been really important. Uh, Mike Brosco played in a band with Louis Simon called uh, Proof of Utah. Oh, yeah. uh, sort of a uh, recommended records. Uh, it's sort of a very odd band from Champagne, but they had odd some good. Uh, some uh, <laughs> European connections, and you know, definitely uh, something that uh, got out and about. Yeah, the Art Bears. That's what I remember from Champagne. The art, are the Bears or the Art Bears or? Oh, oh, the Bears. Yeah, definitely. The Bears. Um, Adrian Ballou, right? Yeah, he um, came here for a, a period, sort of the the middle, of the eighties. Oh, okay. And, he just was here a little bit. Okay. I want to play uh, "Summer Break."
花坂じいさん。昔昔あるところにおじいさんとおばあさんがいました。正直な人のいいおじいさんとおばあさんでしたけれど、子供がないので飼い犬のシロを本当の子供のように可愛がっていました。シロもおじいさんとおばあさんにそれはよく懐いていました。お隣にもおじいさんとおばあさんがいました。この方は欲張りなおじいさんとおばあさんでした。ですからお隣のシロを憎らしがって、汚らしがって、いつもいつも意地の悪いことばかりしていました。ある日、正直おじいさんがいつものように桑を担いで畑を掘り返していますと、白も一緒についてきて、そこらをくんくん嗅ぎ回っていましたが、ふとおじいさんの裾を加えて畑の隅の大きなえのきの木の下まで連れて行って、前足で土をかきたてながら、ここ掘れワンワン、ここ掘れワンワンと泣きました。なんだなんだとおじいさんは言いながら、くわを入れてみますと、かちりと音がして、穴の底でキラキラ光るものがありました。ずんずん掘っていくと小判がたくさん出てきました。おじいさんはびっくりして大きな声でおばあさんを呼んで、えんやらえんやら小判をうちの中へ運び込みました。正直なおじいさんとおばあさんは急にお金持ちになりました。するとお隣の欲張りおじいさんがそれを聞いて大変羨ましがって早速白を借りに来ました。正直おじいさんは人がいいものですからうっかり白を貸してやりますと欲張りおじいさんは嫌がる白の首に縄をつけてぐんぐん畑の方へ引っ張って行きました。俺の畑にも小判が埋まっているはずだ。さあどこだどこだと言いながら余計強く引っ張りますと白は苦しがってやたらにそこらの土を引っかきました。欲張りおじいさんは、うん、ここか、閉めたぞ、閉めたぞ、と言いながら、掘り始めましたが、掘っても、掘っても、出てくるものは、石ころや、瓦のかけらばかりでした。それでも構わず、やたらに掘って行きますと、ぷんと臭い匂いがして、汚いものがうじゃうじゃ出てきました。欲張りおじいさんは臭いと叫んで鼻を押さえました。
。そうして腹立ち紛れにいきなり桑を振り上げて、白の頭へ打ち下ろしますと、かわいそうに白は一声、キャンと泣いたきり死んでしまいました。正直おじいさんとおばあさんは、あとでどんなに悲しがったでしょう。けれども死んでしまったものは仕方がありませんから、涙をこぼしながら白の死骸を引き取って、お庭の隅に穴を掘って、丁寧にうずめてやって、お墓の代わりに小さい松の木を一本その上に植えました。すると、その松がみるみる育っていって、やがて立派な大木になりました。これは白の形見だ。こうおじいさんは言って、その松を切って、薄をこしらえました。そうして、白はお餅が好きだったから、と言って、薄の中にお米を入れて、おばあさんと二人で、ペンタラコッコ、ペンタラコッコとつき始めますと、不思議なことに、いくらついてもついても、後から後からお米が増えて、みるみる薄にあふれて、外にこぼれ出して、やがて台所いっぱいお米になってしまいました。すると、今度もお隣の欲張りおじいさんとおばあさんがそれを知って羨ましがってまたずうずうしく薄を借りに来ました人のいいおじいさんとおばあさんは今度もうっかり薄を貸してやりました薄を借りると早速欲張りおじいさんは薄の中にお米を入れておばあさんを相手に、ペンタラコッコ、ペンタラコッコとつき始めましたが、お米が湧き出すどころか、今度もぷんと嫌な匂いがして、中からうじゃうじゃ汚いものが出てきて、薄にあふれて、外にこぼれ出して、やがて台所いっぱい汚いものだらけになりました。欲張りおじいさんはまた感触を起こして、薄を叩き壊して、薪にして、もしてしまいました。正直おじいさんは、薄を返してもらいに行きますと、灰になっていましたから、びっくりしました。でも、もしてしまったものは仕方がありませんから、がっかりしながら、ざるの中に残った灰をかき集めて、しおしおうちへ帰りました。おばあさん、白の松の木が灰になってしまったよ。こう言っておじいさんは、お庭の隅の白のお墓のところまで灰を抱えていって巻きますと、どこからか、すーすー暖かい風が吹いてきて、パッと灰をお庭いっ
杯に吹き散らしました。するとどうでしょう。そこらに枯れ木のまま立っていた梅の木や桜の木が灰をかぶるとみるみる花が咲いて、よそはまだ冬のさなかなのに、おじいさんのお庭ばかりはすっかり春景色になってしまいました。おじいさんは手をたたいて喜びました。これは面白い。ついでにいっそ、ほうぼうの木に花を咲かせてやりましょう。そこでおじいさんは、ざるに残った灰を抱えて、花咲かじじい、花咲かじじい、日本一の花咲かじじい、枯れ木に花を咲かせましょう。と言いながら、往来を歩きました。すると、向こうから殿様が馬に乗って、大勢家来を連れて狩りから帰ってきました。殿様はおじいさんを呼んで、ほう、珍しいじじいだ。では、そこの桜の枯れ木に花を咲かせてみせよ、と言いつけました。おじいさんは、早速ざるを抱えて、桜の木に登って、金の桜、さらさら、銀の桜、さらさら、と言いながら、灰をつかんで振りまきますと、みるみる花が咲き出して、やがて一面桜の花盛りになりました。殿様はびっくりして、これは見事だ、これは不思議だ、と言って、おじいさんを褒めて、たくさんご褒美をくださいました。するとまた、お隣の欲張りおじいさんがそれを聞いて羨ましがって残っている灰をかき集めてザルに入れて正直おじいさんの真似をして花咲かじじい花咲かじじい日本一の花咲かじじい枯れ木に花を咲かせましょうと往来を怒鳴って歩きました。すると今度も殿様が通りかかって、この間の花咲かじじいが来たな。また花を咲かせてみせよ。と言いました。欲張りおじいさんは得意な顔をしながら、灰を入れたザルを抱えて、桜の木に登って同じように金の桜さらさら銀の桜さらさらと唱えながらやたらに灰を振りまきましたが一向に花は咲きませんそのうちどっとひどい風が吹いてきて灰は遠慮なしに四方八方へバラバラバラバラ散って、殿様やご家来の目や鼻の中へ入りました。そこでもここでも目をこするやら
くしゃみをするやら、頭の毛を払うやら、大変な騒ぎになりました。殿様は大層大懲りになって、偽物の花咲かじじいに違いない、不届きなやつだ、と言って、欲張りおじいさんを縛らせてしまいました。おじいさんは、ごめんなさい、ごめんなさい、と言いましたが、とうとう牢屋へ連れて行かれました。
the uh, pictures? Uh, Kevin Salemi. Yeah. Um, he's um, a Boston, uh, uh, works at really? uh, Merrill yeah, College. Yeah, really good work. So, really good work. Yeah. So you're consistent. You like working with the same crew. Yeah, it's really uh, part of making uh, Lanterna Records is uh, kind of getting the recordings together and then sending them off to... Uh, uh, Kevin and just saying, hey, what have you been, uh, what have you been uh, photographing lately? And um, when the Moon Seven Times uh, came to an end, uh, I really wasn't sure what was was next. And I said, I had, as I told you, I had this the Lanterna record I'd been sitting on and releasing. Um, he, Kevin Salemi, was trying to do a photo book with music, and he was shopping things around. And just by accident, he was the one who found that Ryko disc deal because they were, of course, in Salem, that's Massachusetts. That's right. Yeah, that's where Ryko and, is. Right. And so he, you know, he, he gave me a call. You know, I was sort of at loose ends, and uh, Kevin Salemi gave me a call and said, "Hey, you know, there's this record company that's interested in putting out this sort of, you know, photo booklet." And it it turned out to be just a regular CD, but it had quite a, a hefty photo booklet in the CD case, and so. Kevin Salemi really kind of got got that reissue happening in That's in 1998 great. and kind of gave me the impetus to so, uh, get record another record. Opportunity knocks. I should tell the people we heard summer break from Lanterna, then few few song with Hanasaka Jisan. Finally, Lanterna brightness. Where can people find you on the internet, Henry? Um, you know the. Uh, uh, I've been with Badman since 2000, uh, Badman Recording Company. So yeah. badmanrecordingco.com is the Badman site, and they they have everything. Lanterna is uh, a webpage is lanterna.tv. Yeah. And, of course, we're on Facebook and Spotify. And well, there's those... probably connects at that place there. So L-A-T-E-R-N-A dot TV, people. Go there to get Henry Frame music. It's beautiful. I can't wait to hear it. The next one. I want to thank you so much for being on the show. When you do come out, will you come back on and can we listen to it and talk about it? Yes. Thank you so much. People, it's been May 22nd, 2021 edition of Wap Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.